No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Welcome back, No Simple Road family. We got a doozy for you today. Today we're going to be interviewing Danny from the cannabis community up here in Portland. 
This is not your typical interview. He is a funny, funny dude, and we had a really good time. That day, it was me and Apple and Danny and Ryder. We were out here on the porch. They were having a few beers. We were having some tokes and just talking about the dead and the music community and the scene and Danny's experiences, and it turned out to be a really fun and super funny interview. Listening back to it just now, I was cracking up. So you guys are going to enjoy it. As usual, check out nosimpleroad.com. Um, look for us on Instagram at nosimpleroad and Facebook. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash nosimpleroad. That's where you can help support the No Simple Road family and the Chapladay house. Uh, help us to get better equipment and keep the train rolling on the tracks. We do appreciate you guys. We appreciate your feedback. If you've got a good story to tell, hit us up, man. You know, this is a by us, for us kind of thing. And, you know, we need your stories. We need to hear what's going on out there. We want to hear back from you. So that's my bag for today. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did doing it. So without further ado, here's Danny from Shittown, New Jersey and the Portland Cannabis Community. Thanks a lot, Apple, for ruining the interview. Sorry, man. The interview that could have happened. It was going to happen, and then you fucking blew the whole only, thing. I've only been to one dead show, so what do I know, right? Yeah. Rookie. Yeah. 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 Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. God forbid yeah. I get involved into the dead until, like, at but 2009. You, like, dead very, well, it's going to follow up, but you, like, dead very passionately, though, from talking to you. Yeah. Have I another mean, beer, I, Apple. It's okay. Yeah, man. Just be quiet. I, I think I the, dead, I think, I think the dead's one of the greatest bands ever. And I think it's because they... And that's what that's all I was going to say is the focus should probably be on that and then his show. You think? Yeah, maybe. Do you think that's I'm what it should be produce, about? I'm and I have nothing to do with this, and I'm sorry. I'm not a producer. I'm I mean, I feel like... You're a producer of bullshit. A piece of shit. Okay. I'm disgusting human. He's oh, my God. That's you, Lucy, quiet. Ryder, we told you. Ah! We told you. Apple's okay. learned his lesson. I haven't learned shit, all right? So, Dan... I don't care. I'm not sorry. I don't, I don't I'm care. I'm not sorry. I don't care. What Apple says about you. I'm still gonna interview you for That's the good. show. I'm glad. I don't care what anybody here says. I'm now, Ryder, no, shut up. No, you be quiet and you be quiet. I was, I was trying to really steer the interview in the right direction because you're fucking. So, right, Danny, so, Danny's so here with Aaron us today. And I have Dude. the talking stick. Thank you. Danny's here with us today. Danny works for one of the cannabis companies here in Portland. Yeah. And I have to say, I was pretty impressed today. He he came over to the house with this fucking, what is this? A toolbox. What's a toolbox? Filled with treats, allegedly. Well, it's legal here. So it was filled yeah, with, it was with dabs and, and really good herb and all kinds of stuff. And amazingly, you can pull out any jar or dish out of this toolbox and it doesn't have a label on it, he could tell you what the fuck it is. That's not, a, that's amazing to me. There's not like six things in this toolbox. There's nope. like 20 different kinds of anything. So that's a man that knows his business. I like what I like. And what I, when I like something, I know a couple things about it. My wife and I both were very impressed. With my amount of weed? With the, just the, yeah, the sheer volume <laughs> of substance that was in there and also your your knowledge of it that was that well, was really cool but the reason the reason that we're research the reason that we're sitting here is to talk about how you got turned on and uh what that was like for you so let's go in the wayback machine all right and we're gonna go to what year 
think 2009, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, so not too, not too long ago. No. I don't do math. How many years ago was that? Uh, I think that was like eight years ago. Okay, yeah. sure. That sounds right. It's 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight years so, ago. Works for so me. before t- 2008, what kind of stuff were you listening to? What were you doing? Uh, like, I mean, what led up to this this epiphanal moment? That's a word, by the way. I just made yeah, that shit up. Epiphanal. epiphanal. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it was first... I listen to everything, like, and I I don't mean that in like that broad sense of like, oh yeah, I listen to this, but not this. I really do listen to like a good amount of every genre. I just never got into jam band music at all, so I was like, okay, uh, I took some mushrooms. Uh, was walking around during the fall. This is back in 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 two thousand nine, Jersey. Yeah, in okay. Jersey, back in my hometown. And uh, what town are you from? Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it does matter. matter. What town are you from? No, it doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're in Portland. Fuck. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. New Jersey. Yeah, it shithole New Jersey. All right, cool. I've been yeah. there. Yeah, it's where the shitheads are. Anyway, from. you took mushrooms. I sorry. Yeah, so we I took grass. mushrooms and walked around and just looked at the foliage and I was like, all right, what should I listen to that's gonna like be chilled out? And I was like, Grateful Dead. So I put on Europe 72. I had never listened to it and uh, put it on shuffle. And uh, second song was Morning Dew. Well, that was it. That really? Was it. Yeah. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck, dude. That's a good song. And then I uh, just kept listening. And from then on, it was like listening to more live stuff than the studio stuff. Just kept trying to find like the best recordings of their live stuff. So I, I, I don't know, like, everything about the dead. What I do know, I really like a lot. So one of the things that's really cool about the dead is that they encourage this whole culture of taping, right? Fans would come to the shows and set up microphones, and then, like, back in the 80s and even back in the 70s, everybody was trading tapes. And if you could get certain shows and certain tapes, like, that was, like, the holy grail, right? And you're a sound guy. You're, you're a sound engineer. Yeah. So for you, is it, like, when you're looking for good live stuff, are you looking for the stuff that sounds the best? Like, cause Absolutely. Because I, I know for me, I don't care. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm looking, like, and I was going to say, I'm looking for, like, usually the best remastered stuff, like uh, the, the recent Cornell show that was put out again. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Yeah. So you're walking, you're walking down the street, looking at the trees and shit, and you're listening to Europe 72, and you hear this morning do, and I know for me, before I went to a live show and saw them play, the music made no sense to me. I hated it. Like, it was just, like, the worst country, and it just sounded like they were noodling. It wasn't three-minute-long songs, and it bothered the shit out of me. So You were so conditioned. I was so bad. You were bad so conditioned, conditioned yeah. So what, what was it? Like, if you think back to that time, there's... It was like, the recording quality, first off. Like, uh, I have listened to tons of live recordings. Uh, Frampton Comes Alive, Kiss Alive. Those are some... Uh, live records back when I was, you know, in 2008, that, right. like I had just heard and I was like, oh, those are cool, you know. Uh, then, like, uh, Bill Withers live at Carnegie Hall, that's a really good live album, uh, really well recorded and totally different than the, the studio recordings. So, like, to me, I was like, holy shit, this is live? Like, this sounds like it's in a studio, like, and it's from 72. How the fuck is that, like, possible? That's it, that's amazing to me. I just decided to keep listening and so you've got on the bus as they say then right we're listening to recordings that you get your hands on and 
I had a lot of friends who fucking hated the dead. Like, so I had a bunch of metalhead friends who were like, oh, the dead's fucking lame. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, the jam band's fucking or suck. Like, this and that. So I was kind of like in the closet deadhead. Like, wow. I'd listen to, like, by myself, like, on a bad day. Like, that's what I turned on. Like, I kept finding myself turning it on. And I was like, all right, there's something to this. That, that this, there's some good element of this that good. I don't, I don't get yet. And uh, as I've gone along, it's just the dead just keeps following me into really good places. So, right. Like, like people who like the dead just seem to get it. I, I there's something that happens. I was listening to Duncan Trussell the other day, and he had Dean Del Rey on. And they were talking about b- being deadheads, and Dean was like, um, yeah, man, I, I just got into the dead. I'm 50. And I guess that means that I'm having a midlife crisis. Uh-huh. And and Duncan was like, no, man, if you're getting into the dead at 50, that means your fucking midlife crisis is over. Yeah, and, that's great. And, yeah. and, and Dean Fuck was like, yeah. well, it's, it's fucking up my comedy because I'm not as angry. It's strange to me that listening to a certain band or a certain kind of music can affect your personality in that way, like you're talking about, right? So, like, you have this bad day or whatever and then you put on this music and it helps you to feel better oh yeah and and also like sometimes I'd have a bad day and like a car would drive by with a Grateful Dead sticker and you're like oh yeah family you're like don't look back you could never look back <laughs> no, but, like, thank you Don Henley yeah, but uh <laughs> I definitely every time I see the dead sticker I'm like fuck yeah I love the dead I gotta turn that up. you know what I mean like right. so I, I I'm I'm big on like the uh, early '70s stuff personally, uh, just because that's it's what a I've great listened place to a lot. To start. You know, I've listened to the entire Europe '72, all Not the way, all through. of it. I pretty much listen to everything that's been re-released in the last like five years of the live stuff. It's all like, the Dick's picks and all the. Uh, is there another picks of some sort? Rick's no. picks. There's like there a, is another picks. Yeah, and I can't I've, think li- of I've listened right to them all. I've listened to them all, and some are really good. And Dave's picks, Dave's picks is what it was. Yes, and I've some of those Dave's picks are really good. I think a little bit better than the Dick's picks. So, you know, it. it Sorry, uh, Rick. There's Rick or Dick or whoever. All these was. different, all these <laughs> different Dick eras. So you have like the '60s dead that's like super psychedelic mm-hmm. and out there, and then you have like the '70s dead that's more Americana based, yeah. and then you have your cool sections of songs that let go and jam. And you have your '80s dead that's more focused, and a lot of people don't like it, but that's when I came up, and that's the stuff I like a lot. Right. And then you have your '90s dead that was well. Yeah. I, I spring ninety when that was released. I that was, was like, my tour. That's when I was I, on. I listened to that release and I was like, "Oh my god, so much reverb!" So like, it was just so. It, I don't know. It was. It wasn't for me. See, that's the thing about the dead. When people are like, "Oh, I don't like the dead," I'm like, "Dude, you, you, there's so many different iterations of this band and how they develop their sound that like you can't just say you don't like them. You need to like give them more time. That that's like a lot of people digest music like this where they listen to an album once and then they think they know exactly what that album was no you just listened to it you didn't you didn't hear it you didn't develop it you didn't develop a knowledge on what you listened to right. so I think some music needs to be re-listened to and the best thing about the dead is you can re-listen to the music over and over and it's always different it's different, different every recording. time yeah totally like yeah. that Cornell that you're talking about 
I listened to it on headphones at work the other day, and I could hear stuff in the mix that I I couldn't even barely hear when it was playing through just regular speakers. Like with headphones on, Phil's bass is really up front oh, in yeah. that mix. Yeah. And it sounds amazing. And it added- everything's up front, and it's all mixed really well. Like, uh, and credit to dudes like Alex who like thought about, hey, let's record all this, let's get it all down, let's track it yeah. all. That that shit is genius. And credit and- to them for saying, fuck it, let's let everybody have it for free. Yeah, if you want to record it too, we're gonna record our stuff. Right, but uh, you can record it too. So you're listening to all this stuff. And then, how did you end up at your first show? Let's hear the story. Oh well, there were you know there were different iterations of the band. You know, uh, further uh-huh. was out there. There was Phil Lesh and friends. Uh, there was Rat Dog, uh, but I just no one would go with me to oh. a show, and like it was a real bummer. I, I guess just you know the group of friends that I had like were not interested in seeing the dead. They hadn't been turned on to it, and no one. And you lived on the East them. Coast. Yeah. Some of the most incredible shows. Right. So it's like, it, I don't know, it kind of sucked. I just didn't have a, a, a real group of core friends who liked them. Uh, so I finally convinced a friend when Dead & Company came around last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what year was that? 2016? 2016. Yeah, 2016 when they came out. Uh, just to keep it so if you listen to this in years later... It was 2016, uh, and they fucking rocked. And my friend was not a fan of the dead, and at the end of the show was like, I I, I really like the Grateful Dead. So, so I was like, their music's great, dude. So Earlier we were talking, I stopped you, because you started to tell me about your story about that show. Oh, I was like, sure. no, 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 don't tell me now. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to get yeah. it for the podcast. You took mushrooms that night? You said no, no, no. My when I first listened to the dead on headphones, headphone, headphones, <laughs> headphones, walking around uh, the neighborhood, uh, that was Europe seventy two, right? Uh, I drank a lot. Oh, at the we got dead into that in an earlier part. Yeah, so so I drank a lot, and you know my buddy was pretty drunk, and we had to we had to leave, uh, which is okay. Like they played all along the watchtower, and you know. I got to listen to the recording, which is perfect. So I didn't feel like I really missed out because I. It, that's the beauty of listening to a band like this. They record everything, so you, you can listen to the whole tour and jam out to all of it. Uh, but we had a good time. That's all that really matters. I mean, everybody was really cool, and it's a different world. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Like, it's different than any other kind of concert that I've been to. The only thing that really comes close is Fish. And right. I mean, the jam band scene has the same kind of family all throughout it. And there's, you know, that thread runs through the whole thing. But there is nothing like a Grateful Dead concert. Right. Nothing. I saw Mo in uh, New Brunswick awesome. at the State Theater. And they had a lighting guy that just started working with them. And he was phenomenal. Uh, it could have been the acid that I was on, but he was really, <laughs> he was really awesome. good. At what I, I always acid helps. Yeah, he's man, he was awesome, dude. They had this one groove. Oh my god, I'll have to play it for you sometime soon. It it was groovy as fuck. I felt like I was in like a a seventies like shaft pimpadelic black black uh, black exploitation. Mo. Mo. Oh yeah, Mo. Yeah, they they had some really really cool jams that show. 
the dead really pioneered the whole getting together and playing all the time and taking copious amounts of psychedelics oh, for sure. to, to find out where the music could go if you were connected in a group mind situation where they really built this thing and then over time other bands have taken that set or I don't even know what you would call it that idea and made it their own and done their made their own flavor I mean, of that the same tenants, soup the tenant if, if jamming was a religion they created the tenets of what a good jam is I mean it brings it back to the the original structure of the song throughout the song you want to come back and finish the song out correctly not just like, have it demolish and yeah. melt and fall into this. I mean, they set up the, the basic idea of it, and then everyone else was like, hell yeah, that sounds pretty cool. We're going to try that. Yeah, too. yeah, for sure. But the thing I think that's different about them, like we were saying, is is that it was like they were the first. They set up the tenants, like you said. Probably the best. But there's something still that happens at a Grateful Dead concert that I have never experienced outside of that environment. Never. And I've been to a lot of shows. It was a fun show. Really? I, I mean, I guess, you know. Psychedelics do help. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't smoking weed or doing any psychedelics. I was just drinking at the time. So it was uh, less of an exciting time, if you will. Yeah. Everyone was really cool, though. Like, you know, it was, it kind of reminded me of going to festivals. You know, that same vibe. Uh, I saw Warren Haynes up on Earth. Same vibe. Everyone next to you is really cool. If you bump into them, they're not going to, like, be a dick. Like I was saying earlier today, that's one of the things that I really like about the community is there's no secret handshake. There's no initiation. There's no nothing that you have to do to be in with the crowd. You just kind of it's the appreciation of the music and you just are there and that's it. Yeah, there's no set date of when you have to start liking the dead. You can start right now and just listen to the music. It's fucked up too because like the other day I was looking on Facebook and this guy posted this article about how older deadheads are giving a lot of shit to a lot of the younger heads that are coming on board calling them John Mayer fans and and saying that they're you know they don't really know what the dead is about and then when I came on board like back in the 80s a lot of people were calling us touch heads and you guys are fucking ruining the scene you don't need the and then touch is a great song it's just suck a dick right no shit but I what is that like it's supposed to be this community of of openness and brotherhood and whatever I think there's always going to be a couple people who like they want it to be exactly how they knew it as what they thought it was and they're still stuck in there that mindset of what the dead should be and Sorry, that's not how a band evolves. You have to evolve with the band. You can't just hold on to what it used to be like. And if you can't move on, then uh, accept that your time is over and be grateful that you had the time. And let other people enjoy the new thing without giving them shit. Yeah, man. The Grateful Dead is done. Dead and Company is a different thing. It's the same music with a lot of the same guys. But for a lot of people, it feels like a real Dead show. Sure did for me. I mean, you know, I got to hear Dead songs by a bunch of the guys from the Dead, so felt real to me. Yeah, I, that the whole thing of when it changes everybody that was there before it changed, having a hard time with the people coming on board, it's like, that's what the Dead have been since the very beginning, is this evolutionary process musically and 
socially and personally. And so to be like that, in my opinion, now this is just my opinion, is kind of spitting in the face of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea is supposed to be welcoming and that the music's for everyone. So why don't you just let the music be for everyone? Totally. Stop putting restraints on it. And, like, there's always going to be people like that in any fan group uh, that are going to try to, like, monopolize why they're fans or... You know what I'm saying. I do, I do. It's too bad. But... We do have this new evolution out there now, this this new thing, the Dead & Company thing. I, I mean, I'll admit, when I heard John Mayer was going to be playing with the Dead, that was a, a shock. When when Fairly Well came around, and they didn't pick John Kadlicek, and they didn't pick Warren Haynes to play mm. guitar, I was like, what the fuck? You're going to have Trey Anastasio from Fish play? Like, that doesn't fit. Yeah, I... I know you were there, and you thought it was a really good show. Well, let me let me say yeah. that I was high as a kite mm. at that show, and the f- feeling of seventy five thousand people and I tripping together was a beautiful thing, and the music was amazing. But I've gone back and listened to the show. It's not the same. Yeah, it's it's definitely very nice. <laughs> it's not the show was very nice. Apple's fart was very nice. <laughs> he ripped a good one, guys. Uh, Way to go, Apple. Are you kidding me? Classing well, we up needed, the joint. We, need some, we needed some lowbrow comedy in here. Nobody uh, say anything. Yeah, no, fairly well. Uh, I think John fits a lot better. I feel like they're jamming a lot more naturally with him. And uh, I feel like it was a little forced with, with Trey Anastasio. You feel like it was forced? It didn't feel comfortable. I think, it. it to me, it sounded like... They just didn't have enough time to pull it together. That's what I mean. It felt forced. It didn't feel like a natural groove where they were just like really digging off each other. And like, it felt like we need somebody to fill Jerry's spot. Could you be the guy? Hey, we only have three weeks to practice. Hey, let's do every song we ever did. All right, let's go. Yeah, it was. So it was like kind of kind of intense. It was a really incredible experience to be there, though, and to feel that. And when Mickey came out at the end and said what he said about, you know, you you have this feeling now, let's keep it going. And there was this feeling in the air there that night where none of us knew where this thing was going to go after that. It was so up in the air. Like, I knew I wanted to go to Fairly Well because being a deadhead for 25 years, that was the last time I was going to see my band together. Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to be there. No, I It was financial issues at the time. I just couldn't be there. I watched the entire thing on on, uh, stream. I paid $100 to watch the whole thing. Right. So I had the experience. Not everybody could get tickets either, man. That That was a whole... Thing. Like, I'm just glad that they kept it going and uh, did something that I feel like really feels like the dead in terms of the music. When I listen to the jams now mm-hmm. compared to some of those old jams, like they they have a good vibe to them. I've know? turned on I've turned on satellite radio and, and gone to the dead station and a jam will be on and I'll go, oh, shit, it's 70s dead and turn it up and hit the info button. And it's fucking dead and company. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like. It, so, it's grooving, man, and they're really vibing off each other real well, and you can feel that in the music, and that's something about the dead dude, that trust, 
within the jam. You know, you trust that the the guys got you, and you have mm. that ability to just go off on a tangent and play. And as they go, it's getting better and better. Yeah. They get more comfortable with each other. And like I was saying, that feeling of not knowing where it was going to go, and now hindsight, looking back years later, fuck, thank God, man. Yeah. Because it was a it, it was a bad not a bad feeling, but I was sad. I was like, wow, I'm never going to see this again. Yeah. And and my kids aren't going to be able to go to shows, and this it's going to be a different thing now. I was definitely worried. I was definitely worried I would never see them. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Never see any iteration of it and just know it from watching the Blu-rays and, and and listening to the the remastered stuff like Sunshine Daydream. I watched that whole show. It's a great, fantastic, yeah, that's good Holy shit, right there. Yeah, the dude on the, the background on the on the telephone pole in yeah, the back, just dancing naked. Go, brother! Out, just, <laughs> just oh man, you really? If you haven't seen it, search out Sunshine Daydream and watch it. Because there's a guy, I think he's behind Phil. No, he's like, right behind Jerry. Oh, when they, behind when they Jerry. zoom in on Jerry, you see the guy fucking. Oh dick. man, it's so <laughs> funny. He's like, he's like a very Jesus-looking white dude with just his dick hanging out. <laughs> because apparently it was super hot at the creamery that day, and like they were throwing out water for everybody, and everybody was just high as kite. Yeah, high as a kite. Yeah. Back so Keezy still wanted to be involved. So my my goal with you is to take acid with you at a show, then and then interview you again after to see what your experience was like. Oh God! All right, I'll try to do my best at remembering what it was like. You'll remember. I I it's been You'll twenty be twenty six years since my first show. <laughs> I'll and be by the boys. I Thanks, fucking guys. remember every sort of minute of that show. Well, if Dead & Company of. came here this summer... <coughs> <coughs> Portland would be a great place for you guys to play, I'm just saying. Pacific Northwest, <coughs> we like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear more... They did multiple shows in Philly and Jersey and New York. I don't hear them playing Grateful Dead music on the regular out in Jersey. Here... Everywhere I go, I hear Grateful Dead music. So, you know, Dead and Company, if you're listening to our little podcast, maybe, you know, give the Pacific Northwest some love. We'll go to Seattle. We'll take the three-hour drive. I'd even drive to San Francisco if I had to. I think they might have a San Fran show. Please, God, play the gorge. (laughs) Just like this summer, we got skipped by fish, and they did 13 days back east. Yeah, Baker's does. Come on, man. Why? So fucked up, man. Whatever. It'll be all right. Because we got each other. We love them anyway. And there's so much music here. I have to turn down going to concerts. Yeah. Because I, I psychologically can't handle that much input. Yeah, there's too much too much good shit out here. But not enough good shit like Hole and Oats. Thanks a lot, Hole and Oats. I know you're hearing me. Uh, you know... There's nothing like a good hollow note show on three, four hits of blotter. You'll never be the same. Yeah, dude. I might be a little out of touch. Oh, wow. <laughs> on that note, Danny, thanks for coming over and hanging out with us, man. Thank you for it's having me. It's been really fun. Do you want to plug anything? Yeah. <laughs> weed. Smoke weed every day. Uh-huh. Smoke a lot of it. That's it. That's dabs. all my, that's my plug. Hallelujah. All right. I like it. Dabs. Do dabs. Two dabs for your mind. All right. So, hey, we love you guys out there. You're beautiful. You're weird. You're a group of cosmic tripsters. 
and we think you're awesome and we really do appreciate you listening to us uh we're gonna do our best to keep this thing this train rolling like i said before if you have suggestions or comments or you just want to tell us how awesome we are because we love that or if you want to come on the show and you have a story to tell we love that too drop us a line at no simple road.com and if um anybody out there wants to wait 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 what i'm sorry Aaron. there's no there's no psa this week no nothing no there's no psa this week nothing has ground my gears this week okay Mm-mm. you want to say yeah that what is a city without its music The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. tell you about the April May 2023 issue of Relics magazine features a Dave Matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks Relics. Hi, this is Paul Phelps. 
And this is Monica Strutt. And we're from the Daily Music Business Podcast. We're joined by a number of other really great hosts in creating daily content with great advice for independent musicians just like you. That's right. We put out episodes daily on all topics from music marketing to branding, advice on signing with a manager and label and anything else you need to up-level the business side of your music career. We've got it covered. Subscribe to the Daily Music Business Podcast today on your favorite podcast catcher. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform.